0: Podcast Revolution Network presents The
1: Greetings and welcome to another edition of The Way of Fanoa. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, just wanted to share a recent conversation I sat down and had with writer Adam Johnson. Adam and I talked some at length about the hearings that took place last week um, regarding, you know, alleged social media interference by Russian entities. Um, one thing that Adam and I, you know, the came up during the course of a discussion, which has been mentioned by others, including Professor Gerald Horn, is that there is a conflation of Russian actors, right? So whether they're actual Russian um, agents or those acting under the direct authority or some level of authority with the Russian government versus just simply those who may be in Russia or be Russian nationals. And there's a distinction there. And, and you know, check out our conversation to hear more of the conversation as it unfolds. But I really appreciate Adam for taking the time to have this conversation about not just simply this entire, you know, as it's unfolding, um, in terms of the social media ads and alleged Russian interference, but also this discussion of transparency and the push that the um, senators were placing on the social media, um, companies in terms of, you know, why would they accept foreign, you know, foreign, you know, uh, entities buying ads that were political as if this is, not, this is something that happens, you know, the, the steps that are being proposed to be taken or will be taken down the line. Um, we talk about how that should not apply only to foreign actors. There's a lot of influence and most of it comes from domestic entities. Um, even when we look at the 2016 election as a whole, we'll see, I mean, as has been, as has come out, you know, since the days when Adam and I first spoke, um, The the campaigns combined, Trump's campaign and Hillary's campaign combined, spent, I think it was like 1,500 times um, what this this Facebook ad buy amount was. So there's a lot out there to discuss. Hopefully we can all continue to engage in a dialogue and try to keep it um, as open and transparent. But also remember that there is an, an aspect of protecting access. And and making sure that independent voices, that voices of reason are not shut out simply because of the fear that is being drummed up around um this Russia investigation. And also remember there are different avenues or different lanes to this investigation, right? There's the the portion of the investigation that involves Trump's cam- campaign specifically in court alleged coordination, collusion, and we're seeing some of that, you know, come down with, with indictments. Some that may or may not actually have anything to do with Russia, specifically in the campaign itself, but we'll see how that all unfolds. But then there's also this conversation about whether or not, you know, the Russian entities, um, were behind the hacks of the DNC, which seems to be pretty much the conclusion of the FBI and the intelligence community. And then the third avenue, I would say there are three legs to this, this, this race, um, Is, you know, this alleged interference through social media ads and and using, you know, different, you know, placement of bots and and other um, fake accounts, etc. So looking at this conversation as a whole, I mean, people need to really be clear on what they're discussing, how they're discussing, especially if we're trying to lay... Um, responsibility or accountability for anything, you know, pertaining to an election cycle, voter behavior, et cetera. Like their perspective is necessary and needed. And we really need to look at the bigger picture and context because it can be true that all these things happen. It most definitely also is true that there were serious flaws in terms of the way Um, the Democratic Party and, you know, the Hillary Clinton campaign handled things in the 2016 election that unfortunately led to her electoral defeat despite her winning uh, the popular vote. Um, So check out the conversation. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think. Uh, And again, thanks to Adam for joining me on such short notice. Peace. Basically, I had seen your tweets the other day about, you know, the testimony and the need for while the conversation about, about having, you know, certain rules and stuff over advertisement was slanted and there was a need for greater transparency. And I was like, Ooh, dope. This is a conversation I think would be really cool to have anyway, um, because these are points that besides people like, you know, you and myself and others, it's not being, you know, really flushed out what exactly is wrong, um, with the way in which this, this narrative coming out of that, you know, the committee is, 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 is being, you know, uh, passed down and then the way in which the different social media, I mean, giants basically, right. Like are, are jumping on us as in as their new mandate, um, so to speak An aspect of it, if you don't mind, because, um, and just, you know, with your background experience in terms of, you know, media, how we're communicating information, like this is being well, really hard. Yeah, it's
0: up. It's the, the first off, it's important to understand that there's, that there's, that there's a lot of confusion as to what these terms mean. So yes. like, when yeah, people say Russia backed or Russia linked, this is automatically assumed it's – a, it's a kind of sleight of hand that assumes it's, it, it's like an actual FSB operation. That, that proverbial sort of, I guess, chain of custody is not entirely clear to me, and no one really has interrogated it or explained it. It's just assumed that if something happens online from origin, – originating from Russia in some coordinated – or organized fashion, that that is per se evidence of a Russian intelligence operation. I think that's probably true a lot of times. I don't think it's true all the time. I think it's clear from the actual data that many of this, many of these bots, as it were, to the extent that again we even accept that this is from Russia because attribution can be difficult. But supposedly, Twitter, Facebook, and Google have figured out a way of doing it. Um, that 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 there's not that sometimes what is simply just an issue of troll farming, which is to like. Get clicks,
1: basically,
0: because right. the same things that the same things that are that are allegedly used to kind of sow unrest for political reasons, are are not coincidentally the same things that generate revenue, that generate ads, clicks on ads. You know, outraging people. Anyone who's operated in in you know lefty left space media knows that you know things about race and racist cops they actually traffic very well. Like right. they are, they generate traffic. Um, they solicit outrage. That's what social media was. Is social media is built on outrage. It's built on indignation. It's built on the the high you get in the sense of kind of um, earth uh, sense activism by by sharing a link, saying this this bad cop did this bad thing, and just it's the same on the right, right? This this is the Benghazi cover up. This is the thing Hillary they don't want you to know about. So it's hard to divorce. Um, it's hard to divorce what is clickbait and what is political kind of. Sabotage and I, and there hasn't been any effort really in the media at all. I've seen to kind of do that to delineate those two things. Mm-hmm. It's just assumed that everything is a Russian intelligence operation and everything's rounded up to the most cynical reading. And this is a trend you see in a lot of the Russia social media reporting is that it consistently rounds up to the most sensationalist, ironically enough, it rounds up to the most sensationalist and ungenerous interpretation of events. Um, absolutely. And and that is that to me is indicative of a moral panic this is a classic moral panic and that of course there's an underlying there you know there could very well may be and I believe that there is an underlying truth to the idea of that Russia was trying to you know sell unrest which if you've ever watched or been on RT you know that that's the entire mo of RT that's what they've been doing since they started in 2005 um, it's to it's to basically I, I, I for example I went on RT once and I, I haven't been back since 2015 but they you go on and they 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 sort of prod you to say things bad about the United States. That's the that's their entire like um MO. But mm-hmm. you know, frequently that's not hard to do because the United States is bad in, in lots of ways. So um they, they 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 provide a space for leftists, they provide a space even for some more fringy, more right, more libertarian types, which is you know, unfortunate. Um but that's their entire MO. So so I you know, where where one draws the line between stirring you know, stirring up shit to get clicks and to generate ad revenue, and stirring up shit to, and getting clicks as part of some elaborate, you know, psychological operation. Um, I don't know, uh, and I and there hasn't again there hasn't been any attempt to parse those distinctions because nuance to to, to call for nuance is to be a Russia denialist. It's to be, <laughs> right. It's to be a, a, a stooge. It's to be echoing Putin talking points. Right. Right. You know, we are at war, capital W. Um, uh, capital A, Capital W, we are at war, and it's important that we you know fall in line. So there's a there's a kind of rush to sort of um make everything put everything in the least generous light possible. And of course the logical the logical outcome from this, uh for anyone paying attention is twofold. It's number one, more um and this is something Adrian Chin warned about yesterday. Adrian Chin's a writer for The New Yorker, he basically wrote the book on Russian troll farms back in twenty fourteen when this is something mm-hmm. that we're talking about. And he actually said that it's important we don't talk about these things as as warfare because the the the, the logical implication of this is going to be the hyper-securitization of social media, which you're seeing right now, which is which is effectively Congress. I mean, you know, Facebook and Twitter have always had cozy relationships with with the deep state, with the you know CIA, NSA, FBI. They, they um, they've always had a, a very mutually beneficial relationship in many ways. But what you're seeing is a kind of more overt taking over of those processes and threats by Congress to take over those processes um, that you saw in the buildup also with the ISIS recruiting panic of 2014 and 2015. So we're talking about backdoor access to direct communications. We're talking about, um, you know, government oversight of certain trends. I mean, Twitter themselves said that there was, that the the hashtag, um, that the hashtag DNC leaks was taking, was that they hit about half of those posts. Now they say they were bots, but, you know, how do they know that? Um, do I think there were many bots, many of which were Russian that were meant, that were trying to stoke t- terrible things about Hillary? I believe so, absolutely. Anyone who's operated on Twitter can can sort of smell of Russia or, or uh, kind of uh, there's kind of like a Russian ideological bent, which is faux left, but really just you know conspiratorial. Um, you know, one of the reasons I stopped going on RT because can I, I went on once was that they you know they'll tweet out things that are kind of overtly anti-Semitic. Uh, they reference you know. George Soros uh, and making a reference to um, a reference to um, a pound of flesh which is of course an anti-Semitic canard so Mm -hmm. they they, kind of are just there to stir shit up you know but at the same time there isn't any effort to kind of um, understand why something like these bots and these hashtags and Russia today in general succeed in this environment it's because we have a very we have an independently cynical and very um, I think skeptical and very disillusioned young population and amongst both the young people and also obviously African-American communities, Native communities, Latino communities, and that people have found a way to exploit that either for cliques or for, or for political ends. And I think that, you know, that's, you know, something we need to talk honestly about. But I, I don't, again, I, I think that the idea that everything is a Russian PSYOP has gotten so ridiculous because it, 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 it assumes that there was nothing there to exploit to begin with or rather a right. down- effect.
1: Well, I want to stop you right there because I think you you raised several really good points, but like one thing that you said that, I mean, just to back up a little bit is about, you know, the bots and how we can see certain things, but the lack of nuance in this narrative, right? And about whether or not there are things that were actually, you know, an attempt by some entities to influence politically or so discord versus just regular. You know, troll, clickbait stuff, which we're in an inundated way, inundated, inundated with across you know mediums, you know, from several different stuff. The one thing that seems to really annoy me with all of this is the fact that there's really no discussion or conversation about domestic. Um, you know, attempts to do the same thing because we do know there are several accounts, there are several people who have bragged about their abilities on social media to do this type of stuff, whether you have, you know, your your Jacques Sobieks or, you know, Cernovich's and people like that as well. Right. Um, there are folks, you know, on, on the left that have built really large, massive, um, you know, social media followings who are able to direct information in a particular way. I mean, there were different ways that social media did, you know, uh, influence the share and direction of information and mean, you know, they were mean wars. It was all types of stuff that happened in, in the the, the uh, primary process in particular. But across the election, it seems like to have a real good understanding of just how Facebook or Twitter or any of these mediums actually, quote unquote, influenced our elections, you would have to look at the entire picture. Um, And but to really draw any conclusions about what degree social media influence actually played in our elections in terms of any propaganda or memes or whatever information was shared, we'd have to really actually do an analysis of both foreign and domestic, you know, on quote unquote all sides to really get into a sense of. How things you know were influenced and maybe even look at comparable voting data you know in in different states and stuff like it just seems like there's so many conclusions being drawn without any real substantial information well any information of substance really besides the fact that a hundred thousand was spent on some ads on Facebook and there were however many uh bot accounts expelled from Twitter, like there doesn't really seem to be anything more to warrant yeah, the level there, of, of this is all very
0: uh, this is all very meta. Um, so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what, what they, what they, um, what they want to show is they want to show that, um, there was intentionality on behalf of Russia, whatever, again, whatever that exactly is. Um, and that's all they really need to show. They don't actually need to really show the scope of the problem. So, um, for example, um, uh, you know, in, in terror FBI cases in the United States, you have to. You don't actually have to show an underlying terror plot. You have to show mens rea. You have to show the the guilty mind to, to commit terrorism to get a prosecution.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not true in Europe. In Europe, there actually has to be an actual plot. So, like for example, in the United States, the FBI can basically make up a plot, concoct it, buy the weapons, and set someone up. And as long as they like have the intentionality, that's all they need to get throw someone in jail for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there's a similar feature with the Russia quote unquote Russia influence, where all they need to do is show the intent. The actual effect, the actual consequence of these alleged of this alleged CIA op- operation, um, is is not um, is not um, ever really needed to be proven. All you need to do is show that there was a plot, right, a plot to undo America. Whatever. The problem with this is that a lot of this is rather banal. Russia has been doing this for years, and we do it, right. by the way, all the time in other countries. And this is something that's completely omitted from the conversation. Right. which the U.S. doing in, you know, oh, this is what a battery, you know, whatever that means. But if you're going to have an intellectually honest and non-jingoistic and non-nativist conversation about social media, you have to be honest about what the United States and other countries do as well. Uh, the U.S., Britain and Israel have been reported to have bot armies and troll armies in Russia and, and social media persona. There was an anonymous leak in 2011 that detailed uh, that detailed. How HP Gary was selling selling very advanced persona management uh, software to the United States Air Force. Uh, This involved multiple layers of verisimilitude, from um, you know sort of cheap-looking generic bots to all the way up to they could manufacture corporate documents and make up fake corporations. And if they needed to, they could produce a fucking person to look like the person that they've created. So um, you know, to the extent that was just HP Gary blowing marketing smoke up the Air Force's ass, we don't know, but. We have lots of evidence from around 2010 and 2011 that the United States has has incredibly advanced and sophisticated forms of of online persona. There was an RFP the Air Force sent out in 2010 that asked for a a control system where one Air Force um, cadet could control up to 50 different accounts at once. Now, they'll say, oh, this is to fight, you know, social media um, propaganda for Al-Qaeda or whatever in Iraq or in Afghanistan or, you know, there's always a kind of military – Component to it, but that's the same way that Russia views this. So, um, the State Department just allocated 180 million dollars to the 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 uh, to the State Department to um, effectively fight Russian and ISIS propaganda on Facebook, and they do not need attribution. So, just as we're you know, if we're going to talk about attribution, talk about disclosure, who's paying for ads and who's paying for content, then that just that discussion has to involve the United States doing the same thing. But of course, they're never going to do that. So what they're going to do the, when, when all this is done, and I'm pretty convinced of this. Um, uh, I'm pretty convinced of this. I'm convinced that they're going to have laws preventing foreign uh, ownership of ads without disclosure, but but have a huge, big, fat carve-out for, um, uh, for um, American the American government, which which has already been doing this and has been doing this for years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that's a really strong point. You know, people like like you said, you know, what about us and whatever that's about. But like, I really do agree with what you just said in terms of the domestic carve-out portion because this is being completely ignored. When the first when the conference
0: it was it was an issue for like ten minutes back in 2011 when the Guardian reported the. the, I mean, the DoD has a 200 million dollar operation running fake accounts They say overseas or in foreign languages, and I think that's probably mostly true. I, I don't think they. I don't think they probably do English, although, you know, the CIA or NSA may be different stories. But, the, you know, $200 million, you know, when BuzzFeed first reported on on Putin's, um, you know, troll farm, the budget was about a, a million. And mm-hmm. I'm sure it's probably 10, 5, 10, 20 million, but it's still nothing compared to 200 million a year. Um, so based on just sheer scope, um, it's also an issue of sophistication. The reason why you can find, quote unquote, Russian bots is that they're bad. By definition, <laughs> Good good online persona cannot be detected, right? um by definition really good if you if you know anything about how online persona management works if it's really good by definition you really can't tell that's how right. it works so this, there's also a degree of sophistication that's not really being talked about um so uh you know i, I, the, the, and I you don't want to get too Philip K. Dick, but there's you know there you know it's who, who's an android and who's not the reality is that none of these people know <laughs> No, they don't. And we have lots of evidence, by the way, that the FBI runs fake, f- tons of fake profiles, yeah. to people into ISIS traps. There, and the only reason we know this is because they have to reveal it when they go to federal court to try to indict them on terrorist charges. So you have the case of Bazi Nabil Sheik, who's a 29-year-old uh, in, uh, in North Carolina. They created a fake persona who was a Syrian nurse and and uh, uh, with with Al Qaeda. Uh, the FBI agent posed as this person. They had fake. They had fake. Uh, Facebook pages. Uh, there was the case of of, uh, to, um, of a 19-year-old gentleman in Aurora, Illinois, who was recruited, who was who was um, who thought he was signing up for an email list with Al Qaeda, and they had produced fake. Um, they not only had produced a fake Al Qaeda website, they'd produce a fake Al Qaeda listserv and a fake Al Qaeda video. Um, so, how many people, you know, have seen that? How many false positives are there? When we talk about fake social online media, they don't talk about the fact that we had lots of, you know. It's 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 sporadic, but we have lots of evidence that the United States government has a pretty elaborate form of, of of online social media persona. I've written about it several times. We just never talk about it, and we never talk about it because it's assumed that it's for good, you know, it's for non sinister reasons. But you know, 19, in in 2013, the smith Munt Act was repealed or partially repealed that permitted the U.S. government to propagandize domestically. I wrote a piece about I wrote a piece in the Nation about it, which you know you can link to it, whatever mm-hmm. that goes into detail about how nobody this law this law is never enforced the last time that the, that the Government Accountability Office enforced a law against domestic propaganda it was because someone who worked at the Obama administration was promoting an EPA program that they viewed as being partisan on on, on her Twitter account so you know there, there's this whole there's this whole fucking rabbit hole of, of, of psychological operations I mean of course the United States created a an entire fake media platform in Cuba in 2010. To stir unrest, we infiltrated the hip hop community in Cuba to stir unrest. Um, there's the thing that there's nothing that Russia's done that we don't do tenfold and, and do way way better than they do, and that's the thing is that Russia's very bad at this. Like most of this is really shitty. Um, if RT was at all sophisticated, they would they would try to, they would make more of an effort to like do what 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 Al Jazeera does, which is to occasionally permit lines that aren't 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 completely in sync with the Kremlin line to mm-hmm. give the appearance of objectivity. I mean, you know, Al Jazeera was effectively running a full-time commercial for the opposition in Syria which the Qatari government that funds Al Jazeera completely supported and backed. And they even elements with the Nusra when Al Qaeda. Um, you know, the the, the the Viagra gang rape accusations that were essential to selling the war in Libya in 2011 were from an Al Jazeera reporter that were later debunked uh, that were later debunked by Human Rights Watch. Now, this was a report in Al Jazeera that was, a, was an essential part of the selling, uh, selling of the war. Susan Rice went before Congress and cited it. So, um, you know, that to me seems more pernicious from a government propaganda standpoint than anything that RT does. Because RT is so 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 hacky with it, right? Um, there, this is something you see you see uh, a lot for people in Russia. Like Russia, the thing with Russians in general is that they they're very cynical. You know, they know they're being propagandized.
1: Right, right.
0: And they're very tongue in cheek about it. Uh, whereas in the United States, you have the opposite problem. Where we we all think we're hip, and what we're getting is objective reporting. And of course, the the, the latter is 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 typically more more um, more effective than the former, um, the kind of top down 1984 model that you see with a with an RT. So anyway, I rambled there a little bit, but you, the general idea is that these things are incredibly complicated, and we're having a completely one-sided, not even one-sided, very you know, a very one fraction of of the broader conversation about psychological operations and how that works. And to the extent that one, you know, accepts the narrative that Russia did this elaborate psyop, sc- uh, and smarter journalists have said this, by the way, this is not just me. This is something that I think people who aren't caught up in the day-to-day of the of the of the Russia panic, um, they've said this. That the broader problem is that Facebook is just too big. That Facebook is a monopoly of information. That it has a complete grasp. It has a complete hold over the publication industry and what we see. Um, it's a it's an old it's an old cliche and media criticism, but, you know, they, uh, the, the media doesn't tell you what to think. It tells you what to think about. Mm-hmm. And there is no, there is no ki- There is no uh, institution where that's more true than Facebook. And so, you know, the result of this and the result of the broader fake news, um, moral panic is going to be a, I think a more lockstep. Uh, they've already done it. They created tiers of information, right? right? You have that which is verified and that which is not verified. And if it's not verified, it's a conspiracy theory. Um, You've seen alternative al- alternative websites, their traffic has gone down significantly. Places like TruthDick, Consortium News, Alternate, traffic's down by 20, 30% uh, because of these algorithms, these, these anti fake news algorithms you see in Google. Okay. So people who operate on the left, who operate in activist spaces, know that when it's all said and done, that it's not the right that's going to be punished. You know, The people who actually back Trump, it's certainly not going to be Fox News, who's 10 times more responsible, a million Absolutely. times. Than anything, some fucking dumbass Facebook meme could do. Um, none of that's going to be held to account. It's going to come down on on those who operated those spaces because, you know, I mean, people on the left they 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 will work for RT because they don't have any other option. Right. You know, Russia today was one of the first the news outlets, if not the first news outlets, at Occupy Wall Street because no one else gave a shit. Now, is their motive sinister? Are they trying to sow unrest? Maybe. But these are legitimate, you know, these are legitimate concerns, you know, and. And one of the reasons RT, to the extent that it has been successful, is successful, is because there is no real left media in this country that has any institutional backing. So people have nowhere else to go. Um, and I think it's – you know, RT is a symptom of a broader disease, I, I believe, not the actual problems itself.
1: But I think you raise a really interesting point. Um, you know, in terms of the the access to platforms. I mean, recently here I'm I'm based in Atlanta. Recently here there was a story that was run by the Atlanta Journal Constitution um insinuating that a former campaign staffer for gubernatorial candidate, Stacey Abrams, his mere um presence on By Any Means Necessary hosted by Eugene Perrier, which is on Radio Sputnik, that yeah. the mere presence was a problem. When in fact, as you just noted, a lot of times these are the platforms that are gonna provide space for people to have not just certain conversations, but even for people like Eugene per year to host their own show. And you know, from knowing Eugene and talking to Eugene, he has full, you know, latitude in terms of his, his uh, yeah, content I, you know, this... and, and, and content. But but yeah. but 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 that but but this whole hysteria is even being leveraged, you know, not we haven't seen it massively widespread, but it has the potential to be even leveraged in that way too. Otherwise I mean,
0: they're coming after people in the left. Yeah. Time.
1: They and, and they're using it in a very disingenuous way. I mean it's one thing if you actually had an interview or evidence that somebody did something that could be allegedly construed to be something that's really seriously like highly problematic. Like something from an Alex Jones interview, for example. You know what I'm saying? Like it's one thing to impugn someone's credibility with something that's really, you know, Completely false and, and problematic. It's another thing to use just the mere presence of an interview, um, an a interview. And in this instance, it was admitted that the interview was actually wasn't controversial at all. It wasn't anything different than what was said in other platforms. It was just the fact that it happened on Sputnik that was allegedly the issue. And And that type of stuff, that type of red baiting um, and undermining people's, you know, character. And now we're seeing with the social media posts and, and this, this focus on, you know, heavier scrutinizing of, you know, content and who gets to share what information. I mean, how do we allow basically, um, not basically, how do we allow private entities like this to, to be the arbiters of of who gets to to have speech and who gets to express themselves?
0: Well, and yeah, who doesn't? that's the problem. Right. Which is when someone says RT is propaganda, I'm like, OK, well, what is it propaganda? Um, you know, obviously, RT has its agenda, you know, but they're very they're very upfront about what that agenda is. Whereas, you know, I think corporate media is sort of seen as a bias, you know, not bias and objective. And that's just not true. It has its very specific ideological parameters. Um, and, you know, there's a general thing here, which is like, do you want more conversation and more media or do you want less Mm-hmm. Um do you want to have you know again the more fringe websites that are that really do question? do you want black agenda report consortium news alternate do you want these websites where leftists can go to maybe push the dialogue in a in a way it wouldn't go otherwise and they they want to get rid of that they want to snuff that out um and the fact that there's some foreign backing to it i mean the irony is this is just mimicking what what Putin himself did in Russia in twenty fifteen when he when he outlawed foreign investment in in media. Uh, and made people who worked for foreign investment in media, or he outlaw investment in foreign media. Sorry, outlaw. He made you have to register as a foreign agent, which is what precisely they're doing to our team, Sputnik, right now. Um, because in 2011, lots of the groups that were protesting and lots of these organizations were, they did have links to and did have funding by the U.S. State Department and by a lot of these uh, these these parallel spook show groups like NED and all these and and uh, you know a lot of Soros back groups. Um, obviously, Soros spends a lot of money to kind of, you know, do he does what he calls promoting democracy. But of right. course, it's, it's, you know, it's though for those in those countries like Russia and China and so forth, it's seen as more sinister, uh, fair or not. So, I mean, this is a game that's been played for decades. It's been played since the Cold War. It's been it's been played since the CIA ran the Paris Review in the 50s and 60s. Um, and you can get, again. It's it, no one wants to have an honest conversation about psychological operations and how governments and corporations manipulate people because it's a really, really complicated topic, and it's something I try to parse every day. And I still, you know, I don't even get one percent of it. Uh, what they want to do is they want to they want to turn everyone into a, a to a jingoist. They want to turn everyone into a na- a, na- a nationalist who says no. Uh, American government funded media is good. Uh, the 180 million dollars that the State Department set aside to fund in part, in part journalists in, in the United States, which they're not disclosing, by the way, um, right. that that's OK. But this thing from the evil Ruskies is bad because something, something human rights, something, something, he kills journalists or so there's some other arbitrary moral carve out that they that they uh, contrive. And um, it, the, the inevitable effect is people like Eugene and people like Chris Edges, who I think work at who work with Russia, you know, linked media because they literally have nowhere else to go um, and they want a platform you know, RT provides a platform, it provides you a YouTube channel, it provides you a television channel, um, that um, that these people become, you know, non-Russian agents, that they become per se Russian agents who are not worthy of of t- being taken seriously, uh, which I find laughable because there's literally nothing you can say about RT or Russian propaganda in general that you can't say 100x about Fox News um, in terms of its its its, you know, conspiracy theories, in terms of its uh, you know, stoking racist sentiment. I mean, we can keep going and going. So, but for some reason I can go on Fox News and be taken seriously, but I can't go on our team right. and take I, taken seriously. This to me seems like a pretty stupid carve out.
1: Right. And I mean, that's actually a really good point, where, especially when we go back into this conversation of influence um deflection you know misinformation or disinformation campaigns rather when you look at the stuff that's coming out of Fox News or even major you know right alt-right accounts right now I mean even this supposed uh mass Antifa massacre that's supposed to be happening Saturday right I mean there are stories and narratives that are promulgated from these sites domestically from Fox News which is you know allegedly a legitimate news source Um, These are the types of things that we should actually be investigating in terms of hearings, particularly when you look at the current condition um, in terms of, you know, uh, the racial strife, political strife that we're having and how these entities will fan the flames of this rhetoric, but also how, you know, their financiers and backers then go on to, to actually influence policy. And legislation that gets you know distributed nationwide i mean there there really actually is an issue in terms of political influence and the way in which media and social media can be leveraged that way but we're not getting to the heart of it by this conversation focusing on russia russia russia
0: yeah the the whole thing the whole thing punches down like this is the thing like i i I think a leftist is fundamentally defined by an instinct to want to punch up
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: that's the difference between someone on the right and someone on the left. The right always wants to punch down, um, and to do that, they create a kind of faux class structure where, you know, power is not within the hands of the rich or the few, you know, the elite one percent or whatever. It's actually in the hands of a, of a Soros, Islamo, cabal of Black Lives Matter, you know. So they create a kind of false class warfare. And I think that the left's desire to punch up is being completely unserved by this whole Russia panic because. You know who's who's the great boogeyman here? It's 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 you know you, we find yourself you find yourself nodding in agreement with with you know Bill Kristol and George W. Bush and John McCain and the kind of most bulb, vulgar violent extremists within the national security state. I think you kind of sit back and say, well, okay, maybe this is not really where I want to be. And uh, some people on the left have tried, have tried to carve out a place where like you know oh we should hate Putin because he's an oligarch along with Trump, And it's like. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to, you know, hate Putin. I think that's probably healthy, but you have to understand that in doing that, you're you you're really you're you're really legitimizing some of the most, I think, vile elements within our within our media and our government, um, like warmongers, like people in the Republican Party who want to go to war with Russia. And you have to be very careful about that. Um, now, at the same time, of course, you don't want to you don't want to sit here and act like, you know, Russia is this somehow this beacon of liberalism or leftism. It's not, of course. Um, and you have to sort of navigate that, that, that those two contradictions, you know, all you can, but look, the the people who are going to come out, the big winners after this is all said and done, after the Russia and fake news, um, narratives are played out in the end, the big winners are going to be establishment corporate media who are going to have a tiered system of, of authority on social media, which has already happened and is happening. And the second big winner is going to be the U S national security state, Mm -hmm. um, which has now been, and the third big winner is going to be, um, or I'm sorry, I mean, the national security state because the national security state is re- reasserted its place because of now Russia's under our bed, along with ISIS everywhere. I mean, in 2013, we were talking earnestly about massive reforms in the NSA um, and intelligence community in general after the Snowden revelations. We don't talk about that at all now. Um, ever since the great ISIS recruiting panic of 2014 and 2015 and ISIS is under your bed and it's going to kill us all and all the you know contrived FBI plots – um, that have been carried out, that of course have a, a, a psychological toll after you know several years. Um, people wonder why Islamophobia is up. It's like we'll turn on CNN any given day in 2015. and It was nonstop. You know, guys with ski masks and on B-roll and bombs going off in New York and you name it, right? Um, and the the we don't talk about any reforms anymore. We don't talk about um, you know meaningful reforms to to the, to spying to massive you know, dragnet phone calls, um, all that's gone. So, you know, w- for whatever reason, you know, you, we can debate the reasons or why it is. But at the end of the day, the, the U.S. national security state and the establishment corporate media will be the big winners after all this is said and done. And if you come within a thousand feet of 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 any kind of Russia connected left media, you're going to be not taken seriously as a serious person in in, in society, which is exactly the point. I mean people who work at RT have already according to the New York Times are already being harassed. Right. They're already being um they're being uh, shunned, they're being mocked, they're being, you know, again this is a very warlike environment uh because it's seen as an act of war. It's the people believe and, you know, fairly or not, that Putin installed Trump into the White House. And if you believe that's to be true, you will believe the the corollary, which is that anyone who who was in league with him is therefore um an enemy of of the people and, you know, that's what we have. So I think it's a very toxic environment. I think it's a it's an environment that um that is it is gonna it's gonna end up leading to lots of um uh, I mean look at what Eric Schmidt said about censorship. Have you have you seen that clip?
1: No, I haven't seen that. I'll have to I have what to go you, look that up
0: now. I'm gonna play you a clip real quick. Uh, you okay. should, be able to, should be able to hear it on your end, I believe. Um,
1: no, I hadn't
0: seen. That so yet. this is this is how the the former this is. He, he, he's the head of Alphabet, which is working with Congress to, to work out um... –
1: Yes, someone actually just sent me the article, but I hadn't actually seen yeah. the clip yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Are you ready? Yeah. It should be possible. It should be possible for computers to detect malicious, misleading, and incorrect information and essentially have you not see it. We're not arguing for censorship. We're arguing just take it off the page, right? Put it somewhere else. Make it harder to find. You heard that?
1: Yeah. Um, so,
0: I'm not arguing censorship. I'm saying just take it off the page, make it harder to find. That's censorship. I mean it's it's a, it's the definition of Orwellian. Um and this is this is probably the you know, as far as what information we see and don't see, this is the single most powerful person in the world.
1: And this is exactly what we've been what you just alluded to earlier, but what we've seen in terms of um you know, different websites that have seen their counts you know, with recent adjustments have seen their, 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 their search position and their counts drop
0: dramatically. He did did exactly what he said he would do. Um, because these fake news algorithms, which again are completely proprietary and completely unknown by anyone, no, no democratic process, no oversight, no transparency, but because they're not the government like the, the Putin regime, um, they're not, they're not in that same moral category for some arbitrary fucking reason. So they are, um, they are uh, allowed to make these ad hoc decisions as to what's fake news or what's not sanctioned news. And that, you know, in the aggregate, will invariably diminish alternative media. And, you know, that was the logical byproduct of the fake news panic and why major corporate sites that are, you know, Comca- Comcast back BuzzFeed and the New York Times and your sort of establishment media, it's why they doubled, tripled down, and quadrupled down over and over again on this idea of fake news as something that's uniquely pernicious. Because they are the ultimate winners of that narrative. They, they, the, 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 trust in media around the summer of 2016, when this whole thing began, was at its lowest point, according to a pupil. I think the trust in media was about 28%. It was mm-hmm. roughly, it was, it was, the, it was the lowest it's ever been. And that, that number is slowly starting to tick up again. That the idea that, you know, New York Times is going to, is in, in Washington Post or have a bunch of, you know, Woodward and Bernstein's working around the clock. Um, trying to get to the bottom of the Russia thing, you know, for whatever it's worth. And that's true. There's a lot of good reporting going on, but that has reasserted their position as the arbiters of of truth. And that is, that is, that is something that is uh, the idea that the liberal order is breaking down is something that's been happening since the economic crash of 2008. Um, It was, it's, it came to the surface with um, Occupy Wall Street um, and other leftist movements in Europe and other places Um and it was the I think the lid was put on a little bit with Obama because he was such a you know charismatic politician and people kind of liked him and he you know seemed like a nice guy, and then it kind of bubbled to the surface with a lot of the support for Bernie Sanders, and and you obviously it it bubbled also on the right with support for Trump that there is a failing of the kind of liberal order the kind of center left order, or the center order center right order I should say, Mm -hmm. um and. That that needs to and that that is partly brought on by social media and that that needs to be corralled and contained and maintained. That's what Adam Schiff said. Uh, he's, he's, uh, Adam Schiff of California said he said that they were um, that the problem itself is actually not just Russia. It's the nature of social media. That social media itself um, will lead to paranoid and division. Right. these sort of pejoratives for what is effectively people exercising outrage and anger. Um, and the whole point is that actually – You know, this is why they had to sully Black Lives Matter, and they had to sully the Native the Native American protests in 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 North Dakota because there actually cannot be a problem with the system. The system is, we all know, is axiomatically based on their ideology is good. Therefore, any uh, any objection to that must be at least in part or in in in, for the most part Russian psyop. because of outside influencers and the pernicious nature of social media and groupthink, right? So you're constantly being gaslighted into thinking that your problems are actually um, not real. It's in fact nothing more than an elaborate plot by outside influencers. Something, by the way, that dictators have said for the history of dictators. Um, that it's actually not me who's the problem. That all the outside, all the agitation is coming from outside agitators. Right. Um, and that's sometimes true. You know, again, there's not, there's nothing that. There's nothing here that we're alleging Russia did that the United States doesn't do all the time. But the United States, you know, the CIA can't build, you know, move uh, uh, unrest from scratch either. Um, obviously, the CIA is a little bit more sinister about it, and they're more direct about it. And I think they're way, 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 way better at it. Um, but you know, the CIA, the CIA does this all the time in countries we deem we deem hostile. It just doesn't work in certain countries.
1: Right. Right.
0: The CIA, you know, the CIA had a had a large part of of, of some of the um, quarters of unrest within within Syria, um, obviously funded an armed the opposition. But even before that, through some of the soft power mechanisms, does that mean that the CIA contrived, you know, the 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 the, the, uh, the hate and opposition to, to the Syrian government? Of course not. There's a lot of a lot of that's organic. It's a combination. So how do you draw that line? I don't know. And the, the, re- the reality is that the percent of Russian influence, to me, from my perception, seems rather nickel dime. It does not seem very significant, um, just on pure, just in pure scope. Um, you know they're not directly funding political parties like we do. They're not. Um, they're not. Their social media psyops seem pretty transparent, and I know this because we can figure out what they are. Um, so I, it seems like they're it's a fairly half-ass um, and I think um, unsophisticated way of influencing an election. To the extent one even buys the, you know, they buy the whole story. I, you know, I don't even know that that's all true. So.
1: Right. Right. I mean, definitely, you know, as we wrap up here, like I really do appreciate what you just said too about just even the level of sophistication of the conversation. And it was just really interesting just during the, uh, and I use inf- interesting as a when I can't find another to word to really describe it. But it was really interesting. I think it was Senator Franken was talking about the sophistication of this whole thing and how Facebook didn't know that because, you know, rubles were being used that there were Russians posting ads. And I'm just like, what part... I'm I'm not really like when you talk about the sophistication, I'm like, agreed, because there were there were there were there were a few accounts where it's just like, uh, OK, you know, didn't know that that directly um, I am somebody who followed the Kristen Johnson account. But folks also have to understand the nature of the oh. way things moved on social media. Because things moved really, really fast, and there were times where, because of during the primary process, if you were following or you were trying to get information about about, particularly with the with the blackout and stuff, you know, people perceive with B- Senator Bernie Sanders, it wasn't that you didn't pay attention to, to to the information and the veracity of the information. It just was that people were excited that. Large accounts that people were sharing, you know, actual verifiable good information. So, so there right. there was some infiltration there, and that is an issue with trolls, yeah. as we discussed earlier, domestically as well. Period. I mean, it's a it's a part of the troll economy itself,
0: yeah, right, I and have, how they act. I have no evidence to support this claim, but I I knew that Katie Johnson was was probably Russian because it was, it was. and this was back in like the primaries because it was mm-hmm, just. Mm-hmm. Very stilted, very like cold, like very like pseudo outraged, but there was no like, there's no nothing behind the eyes, you know, like it was sort of like, it's kind of like Blade Runner. It's like there was there was something missing there. So, you know, um, if not Russian, you know, some kind of just outraged trollbot. Which so it made I, I absolutely believe that's probably true. Um, well, because and that of,
1: happens, right? I mean, I mean, there are those. They exist. I mean, th- that's that happens.
0: But again, there's no sense of there's no sense of the broader problem because we have absolutely zero idea what the scope of the United States doing this is. We don't know if the United States run English English language social media, the, the DOD, CIA, NSA. You know, forget you know Canadian intelligence, Mossad, British intelligence. I mean, we we have absolutely zero idea of the scope of their social media influence and. So we can't. You cannot. Like it, it's an epistemological problem. We don't know what we don't know. It could be zero. I doubt it, but it could be. It could be, you know, thousands of, of different accounts. It could be fake journalists. It could be anything. We don't know. Um, you know, I I'm pretty convinced, just off the top of my head, that a lot of the English language accounts in the uprising in Libya were 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 at least assisted by or boosted by U.S. government efforts. We know that. Um, the hashtag uh, the Green Revolution in Iran was assisted by by social media efforts by on the on the on the behalf of the U.S. State Department and and, and other groups. Um, we know that the that the State Department asked Twitter not to shut down for routine maintenance during the uh, during the Iranian protest in 2009, and Twitter complied. Um, so Twitter was effectively you know stalling to turning Twitter off, but they were planning on doing this is back when they used to turn it off to do updates um, because they the U.S. government asked them to. And they confirm this. So we have no idea what the scope of American social media influence is. We don't know if they pay off journalists. We don't know anything. And the CIA, by the way, since 1996, has reserved the right to use journalists as a cover um, after after it was made illegal in the 70s. So, you know, uh, nobody knows anything and everyone's trying to act like they're a fucking expert on this problem when they're not. They're an expert on a very finite subset of a broader problem. And they use that, they selectively use that as, a, as if it's something uniquely Russian, when we have absolutely no idea if that's the case. We don't. We have no idea what the U.S. government does because no one's bothering to ask. No one's bothering to ask if the Global Engagement Center that was created last December uh, uh, on, on, New, on Christmas Eve by the, by the NDAA, which, you know, which has a budget of you know, $180 million and soon to be $280 million, no one has asked what the scope of that is, who they're paying off, what they're doing with it. We don't know. Um, because th- if, if we interrogated American actions with one one thousands of the vigor we do Russian actions, we would we would be a far more healthy democracy. But we don't do that. Uh, we don't do that because we don't want to know the answers. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we know there's a DOD. There was a DOD program in 2011. that was two hundred million dollars. We know uh, that there was an RFP put out for 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 Air Force per, uh, personnel to run up to 10 accounts and soon to be 50 accounts of social media. So we have. We have evidence that the U.S. has tried to do this, but we have no idea what the scope or sophistication is, uh, and this is why the kind of sanctimony and all the hand-wringing about, oh, Russia you know, broke some rule you're not supposed to break. It's like, well, we again, there's nothing that they've done that we haven't done, and this isn't you know, what a boundary. It's just if you're going to be honest and try to have an honest co- uh, conversation about the scope of the problem, which is to say the use of social media to manipulate people, which is something that's very you know, obviously sinister – uh, then we need to figure out what we as a, what we do first and figure out what we can do to mitigate that first. But we don't, of course, we're not going to do that.
1: Right. Um, I, I mean, I think that that is a really brilliant point. And I forgot even about the creation because that literally just happened. And that did, I mean, when things happen like that, especially during the holidays, it, flies, it definitely flies under everyone's radar. So I think that's a really strong point as well and and we when we see the increasing escalation of this conversation this dialogue and 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 the demand from congress um that that social media that that facebook that google that alphabet these these twitter that these giants do something right to to act to make sure that these intrusions i mean the language like you said like the language they're using you know in terms of comparing this to cyber warfare It's not just simply going to remove quote-unquote alleged Russian bots. It's going to be used against the left, against those who are declared dissidents, um dissenters or or you know in my case as a as a black radical black identity extremist you know that the, the the these things are not disconnected they're not just random things that are happening i mean there's a real concerted effort with not just um the way in which surveillance has happened you know increasingly but but yep. but but directing and controlling narratives and messaging and in and speech and a very real the ability to gather, organize. I mean, so much is happening right now. So we can't just write this all off as, oh my God, the Russians are trying to take us down. I mean, there's very real concrete issues underneath the surface.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Russia, you know, Russia doesn't lock up one in five black men. Russia doesn't have the world's largest prison population. Russia doesn't um, have, you know, doesn't, didn't create our systemic racism. It's, you know, if you ask, and by the way, po- politicians who have the who actually have to win elections have said this. Um, everyone from uh, Bernie Sanders to to gosh, who it was someone who was like super. I think it was like Ted Lew or someone who was like really into the whole Russia thing. I forget who it was. Have admitted that like yeah, most people don't really give a shit about this problem. This is this is a this is a problem that is, you know it matters right it, matter, it 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 is it is inherently notable that a country would 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 run a you know influence operation on an election that is that is news that is worth pointing out but it's 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 at a 12 when it should be at like a 4 it's 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 important but it's not that fucking important it's it's all consuming it's every day it's all we do and the congressional democrats leak a news you know little piece of a little pellet of news they give to cnn or daily beast every day and we all freak out again every fucking oh my god now it's now it's black lives matter now it's this right. they, Body classes and ah, and it's like it's like it's fucking Watergate. We we act shocked every day if the, as if it's like again, no scope, no sense of what the United States does, no context, no no. Uh, and the, of course, the end effect is to smear these activist groups that have been quote unquote influenced by Russian sowing sowing divisions. And um, and so you know there uh, there's no um, there's no there, there's no proportionality. You know uh, people say oh it's not the Red Scare. What people don't understand is that during the Red Scare, it's true the Soviets tried to influence American government. It's true the Soviets tried to recruit people. It's true that Soviets planted disinformation. It doesn't mean there wasn't a Red Scare. It, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just because you say something's blown out of proportion, I routinely say that ISIS, the ISIS threat is blown out of proportion. It doesn't mean I don't think there's an organization called ISIS. Like it doesn't – to say the Russia thing is blown out of proportion is not to say there is not a such thing as a Russian attempts to influence this country. Of course there are. And they'll, they'll, again, they'll tell you there is. Um this isn't this isn't really controversial. It's an issue of proportionality and how it becomes used as a bludgeon to smear leftists, black activists, and other and other groups who are not in good standing with the Davos crowd. And I think that's a problem and a problem that needs to be um, consistently highlighted and talked about in an honest way. But you know, we don't you don't have the sources for it. You don't have the resources for it. Major corporate media doesn't want to talk about that angle. They they wanna they wanna they wanna you know, reprint what the latest piece of outrage pellet the congressional Democrats and the FBI and the CIA hands them. So we're going to keep this story up for another two years and we're going to have the, all the hand wringing, you know, and every journalist with the blue check marks going to share, you know, share an article going, whoa, you know, that's what they always do. Whoa, boom. Wow. Russia, this holy fucking shit. Fuck. And it's like, all right, dude, like, you know, we get it. Russia tried to like fuck with our election a little bit. Um, they basically just did what they did. we were doing with RT, but did it on steroids and, and introduced some social media components. And it's like, you know, OK, now what you, I mean? You had you had Paul Magallo and CNN saying we need to bomb the FSB. I don't know what they want us to fucking do. Of course, what they want to do is just give them more money to do the same thing in other countries and quite frankly, to do it domestically. Since that that division has been completely eliminated both in law and in practice for for four years now
1: no absolutely absolutely and i mean this has been the type of conversation that we need to see that we need to hear that we need to be having in terms of all this information as it comes down and also when we're talking about election interference and influence and like you started out in the very beginning about when people say hacking or when they say these different languages a lot of people aren't digging in deep they're not doing the work to actually understand what these words mean and most of you know these media personalities these reporters journalists you know and commentators they know what they're doing when they throw these terms around to some extent listening to some of the commentary from from the congressional hearings or the questioning. I don't actually know. One one of my questions actually was for folks. I'm like, how old, is? what's the average age of this committee that's hearing this testimony anyway? Do they even understand, you know, impressions? Do they even understand what they're talking about? Um, yeah, anyone, you know, who's
0: worked, anyone who's worked in marketing knows that, like, this concept of, like, impressions is bullshit. It's, a, right. it's they inflated, like, and buried in all these reports, by the way, and all these headlines. There's always some qualifier. Like, when they first broke the story about how many How many people saw Russian ads or whatever, like there was a hundred thousand dollars in ads like paragraph twenty seven it's like, oh, by the way, over half of these were actually after the election. It's like well right. how how was this part of an election you know influence campaign if it still happened
1: right and some of the can- and some of the ads you know like two dollars was spent on them,
0: yeah, they're taking troll farm clickbait click ads and making them into a elaborate f s b psychological operation. Like a lot of these times, that's what they're doing. And the evidence of that is that it continued after the election. You don't continue a psychological operation after you've achieved your objective. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but then they'll sort of brush that away by saying, oh, they just want to still sow discord, discord. And it's like, I mean, how do you know the difference? You don't. <laughs> and you have these, you have these spook show groups like Hamilton 68 and all these other like, you know, B- William Crystal, David Frum, all these like hacks who gave us the Iraq war who are like, well, we found two hundred you know Russian bot accounts, but we can't tell you what they are. It's like, okay, I'm just supposed to trust you. Like, I mean these people's entire life mission is to start a war with Russia. That's their entire fucking reason for getting up in the morning. And I'm sp- I'm, gonna, I'm I'm in you know, these ex spooks and fucking neocon ghouls. I'm supposed to fucking trust them to make these determinations about any kind of methodology or oversight. And the media like New York Times just reports it. They reported as fact completely uncritically. Everyone's become a fucking social media expert all of a sudden. Um and again, it's just there's a fervor, there's a buildup, there's a there's a and you're not allowed to question if you question it, you're a fucking Putin stooge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's that's such a dangerous place to be because it's the worst place you want to be. Having lived, you know, having been in a college and high school right after 9-11 and during Iraq, you've seen it happen.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's a really great point, too. I remember I was in college during, right, leading up to, like, right, 9-11, leading up to, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq. I remember there were certain songs, weren't, I mean, certain songs weren't played, right? Like, certain songs. You couldn't even rent certain movies, because for anyone who's younger listening, you still rented movies, like, at a Blockbuster or a Hollywood video then, too. Like, you couldn't, there were just, I remember, because one of the movies I remember I wanted to see right after all that happened, because I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, so much like uh I uh, just slipped my mind. It was a Denzel Washington movie, but it was, it had to do with terrorist attacks in New York. And I remember that they, I mean, they, 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 there were certain things that were just completely wiped from our ability to view, hear, read. I mean, that's when they started tracking people's books at the library. I mean, just all types of stuff started happening in the name of, you know, a uh, national security and yeah, it's been, a, I, and a lot of it's a crock of crap.
0: Um, yeah that's what we, I mean, that's where we're at. Um, it's again, I don't know what, I don't know what the end game for this whole thing is going to be, but I do know that I do know that the, the, the worst elements of the Bush administration and on the fringes of the Obama administration, although he mostly kept them at bay are going to reemerge as heroes. And I think that should, that should, that should, that should, that should worry us all. So,
1: yeah, Definitely. Well, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me um, today. Uh, I'll I'll definitely clip out the little hiccups and stuff like that <laughs> and <laughs> drop you a link when I get this all edited and stuff. But I really appreciate you taking the time um, to talk with me and, and have this conversation because we need to have it. I mean, I know like my last several conversations I've had have been at some aspect of this conversation in terms of the Russia story itself, but like this needs to be discussed. It needs to be fleshed out. And we, 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 at the best of our ability, we can't just let this narrative be controlled and dictated to, you know, by the spooks by the, the major social media corporations that really are going to leverage this in a way that's, that's very um, insidious and limiting on, um, you know, civil liberties at home.
0: Yeah. You know, if the bottom line is that if someone wants to have a discussion about how much power Facebook has, and how pernicious social media manipulation is by governments, I'm happy to have that. But it needs to be a complete conversation, not just about one country.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.